Welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish, the podcast where Ashley Steiner, Allie Nelson, and Liz McLennan dish up the latest news and insights about Dynamics and the Power Platform. Join us to explore business applications and low-code development with tips, tricks, and real-world experiences. So grab a seat at the table and let's dig in. When did you go on this date, Ashley? Where or when? When? When was it? Um, it was actually really like close to when I got here, like a couple weeks. How did you meet him? A dating app. Okay. I, I, I mean, that's like what's it's like normal the these easiest days. Way. It's like the way. new yeah. old fashioned. Because I was like, I've, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I've got to meet people, right? So I got down here and I was in this super like, I need to meet people. And it'd be great if like this person had like a big community of like friends and stuff. Cause like, so that's why I went on this dating app. Yeah, no, this guy. <clears throat> so it's always interesting when they start a conversation with, now, I'm not a doomsday prepper, <laughs> but let's just say I'm prepared. Oh. So he He's has like a lot of guns. <laughs> he doesn't. No, I mean, okay. that was not part of the conversation. If okay. he does or does not, that did not come up. Interesting. I feel like um, when someone says prepared, they either have a lot of guns or a lot of food. So it's the food. <laughs> okay. So he I, he weirdly has a basement, which is really uncommon in Texas. I know in the is Midwest, it a bunker? everyone has a basement. He did not call it a okay. bunker. He did call it a basement. So It's a he, basement. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So either he knows what words not to use because he's not a doomsday prepper um, or it really is a basement. And, um, and he said he has like 18 months worth of food down there. Wow. And, um, and he s- says he spends three to $400 a month on like adding more food to this, which that's a lot of money for food. I would imagine that it's more money than he just spends on like eating food in a month for like a single dude. Right. And so then, yeah, yeah, single. Well, he's a kid from a previous marriage. Yeah. So, but he only has his kid half time. And um, it seems weird to be talking about this. And so then he, so, you know, and I say, well, how do you like keep your food like not from going bad? And he goes like, oh, I I rotate it, you know? So like, it's like a- Right, because that's what I'm concerned about. He's not wasting. He does rotate. He grows all his own, like, vegetables. He has, like, a huge vegetable garden, and he, like, actually teaches classes for, like, people that are trying to start vegetable gardens, which I actually thought that was cool because I was like, how cool cool that you, like, can grow your own. Like, he says, like, I don't buy vegetables. He's like, well, there are some vegetables that I don't grow that I'll go to, like, other farmers and buy. It's like, okay, that's cool. I think that's very cool. And that's a really cool skill to have. I have a big garden at my house too. So anytime anyone wants to talk about gardening, I'm totally game. I was just trying to plot out what I'm going to do this year. Cause by the time I get home, hopefully it's spring. I'm going to have a water. Allie, if you need any extra seedlings, I start my own vegetables inside and always have extras. If you want plants, that'd be awesome. I'm not there to start them this year. Last year, my parents gave me all of my seedlings and I had one zucchini plant that grew about 9,000 zucchinis. And I had three cucumber plants that grew about 9,000 cucumbers. Um, I went to Colorado for a week last year and I came home and I had cucumbers that were like four, three feet long. They don't taste really good when they get that big either. It's like, this is kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you do with that many cucumbers? Like, Give them away. Uh, you can make refrigerator pickles. Yeah, my neighbor in Wisconsin, they do that. Like, they can or they freeze, like, what they can. But I, I got a ton of tomatoes, and I don't like tomatoes. 
So I would like chop them up real small and like put them in stuff. Because you can make your own like tomato sauce, like tomato base, and then like use it in Mm -hmm. soup or chili or spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. But he also like her husband would hunt and fish, so they would like just have like fresh food, like because they just it's fresh and then they just freeze it right away or whatever. And so they would just have like fresh food from their garden and from fishing like all year. That's That's awesome. That is awesome. That's Mm -hmm. great. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Fresh vegetables taste so much better than and they fruit really than the do. ones you buy from the store. Like they, it's so much easier to eat them because they have more flavor. Well, but one of the things you always get too many problem. all at yeah. once, especially tomatoes. See, that's the problem with tomatoes, though. Well, so that's the problem with tomatoes. I don't like the taste of tomatoes. So store bought tomatoes, I'm actually starting to like because they taste less tomatoey. So like, it's really funny. I don't know transition most people are the opposite <laughs> yeah. I know that, yeah most people are starting to grow their own tomatoes because have you ever had a yellow tomato like a yellow small cherry sized tomato okay. Liz no they're sweeter I actually got a whole yeah. surprise little yellow tomato plant in my garden last year I think the previous homeowners must have had it there because I didn't plant it oh and it was oh, wow. a, yeah and it was a seed from the previous and it was huge yeah. I ended up with like a trunk about this big on the plant and it like took over a whole side of my house and it was just a single step so I had a bajillion of those tiny they're so they're sweet and soft and nice I really like them so they're very good like entry I didn't like tomatoes when I was a kid and my grandparents used to garden and grow vegetables and so they were like try these and I ate just those for many many years before I graduated to liking real red tomatoes so they're in the grocery store too they're never just straight yellow you have to buy like the mixed cherry tomato box but they have like purple and yellow and they're they're better i bought seeds for pink tomatoes this year have you ever any either of you ever had no are they little or big the picture makes them look big okay like bigger than a normal tomato like a regular sized tomato not like a cherry tomato well i'm looking forward to eating some liz so do a good job growing them I'll try. You I'm like, why eating not? <laughs> We're going to ship you pink tomatoes to Texas, actually. That's so not worth it. Just um, bring it to Summit or something. When you're here in September, no, they'll be gone by then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. To our actual topic for the day. Omnichannel. This is all Allie. Yeah. Allie's our guest speaker. <laughs> I'm so glad we asked Allie to be on the podcast so yeah. she could share all her knowledge with us. Except I can share the positives and the frustrating parts of Omni Channel for me because there's definitely been a little bit of both, but it's been a wild ride. I feel like that's dynamics in general. Like there's always a frustration, and we usually always start with the frustrations, like the bad stuff. Let's start. Can we start with the good stuff today? <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing about Omni Channel too, which is kind of a good thing, but also a frustrating thing. That's a good place to start. Is that it's new for a lot of people. So if you run into an issue and try to find online some help of someone else who encountered the same issue, that can be really tricky sometimes because like a lot of other mm-hmm. places of dynamics, there's just not a ton of documentation or blogs or anything out there yet on it. A lot of the blogs I've found have very similar content as to what you can find on Microsoft Learn. So it's like if you run into a roadblock, you do a lot of troubleshooting on your own to try to figure it out and solve problems. Um, so that's just kind of one of the standouts, but it's it's been fun to Sounds learn. Sounds like you should write a blog. Yeah. 
That's like a good place to start a blog, right? Is there's nothing out there with the content. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. And I guess, should we just start by outlining what Omnichannel is? Is that a good place to start? Yeah. I think that's yes. a good spot. And how is it different than the, the, the like customer service app, like first party app too? Okay. Yeah. So I think just kind of taking it back to the beginning and talking about customer service, through Dynamics, it really comes with a couple out-of-the-box apps, right? You have your customer service workspace, customer service hub, and then you have your admin center. So with your customer service licensing, you get access to all three of those apps. Um, the customer service workspace is really nice for your tier one folks, and it's geared towards people who are working on cases regularly throughout the day. Um, so you often come into your dashboard, see the cases that you're working on that you need to update. Um, you can see new cases coming in. You can pick cases to work on if they're coming in through like a portal or something, um, or if they can be assigned out to individuals as well. And the experience that you have in that workspace app is really similar to what's in Omnichannel, except instead of just using dashboards to manage your case workload, that's where you have your voice channels coming in, text channels coming in. Um, web chat, I'm trying to think Facebook, all the social media <laughs> channels you can have coming in through the Omnichannel app as well. So it just gives you a different dashboard that combines all of these different ways that people are reaching out to your company. Um, and you can kind of see them in one view, which is really nice too. So there is actually a way to connect like people's mentions or things like that on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, dynamics. like Facebook um, messages, for example. So if you're getting messages through your business posting, those can come in through Dynamics. Um, likewise, if you have a chat widget on your website and people are contacting you through that, it comes in as well. You can set up your channels to be either push or pick. And if you push them out to your agents, that basically means that if a contact comes in, It'll give you a notification right on your screen that someone's trying to contact you and the agent can accept it from right there. If you set it to be pick, like maybe you have cases getting submitted on a portal or emails coming in, instead of assigning those out live because there's not somebody actually on the line waiting for you to contact them, you can send them into a pick queue, which basically allows your users to hang up the phone with somebody or end a web chat and then go and look at that queue and see what's waiting there. Like if it's an email or a case and they can pick those to work on too. So is there a way to like round robin cases? Yeah. So you can actually set up work distribution in a few different ways. You can set it up to round robin if you want to, otherwise highest capacity. Um, the fanciest I'll say would be the skill-based routing too. So there's a way for you to set up different skills for your agents as well. So if um, like a phone call comes in for a very specific skill set, like uh, I can't think of any examples, but if someone's well equipped to like answer a very specific product question, you can add that skill to their profile. So if a call comes in and someone wants to know about that information, whether it's from like a prompt on your phone where you're saying, hey, I have a question about treadmills press two and then they press two and then it'll go to the person who has the skill that matches treadmill questions um so you can set up the routing that way too which is really cool out of curiosity do you have any idea when that got added the skill-based routing or just any routing like more than just like going in a circle like a way to like do the skill or the like capacity or 
even more. Actually, are you asking even if it's always been part of Omnichannel? Yeah. Or just customer service. I think well, we're just Well, that's not customer That's not Oh, that's Omnichannel. No. Out of the oh, box routing okay. does not do that. No. Thank you. Okay. Okay. No. That's, I guess, what I was trying to answer. Because the last time I touched customer service was 2019. And we, like, built this outside plugin to basically do exactly what you just said. So I was, like, trying to think, like, okay, when did this become, like, so fine, no. it's part of Omnichannel. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay. that's a really good distinction point, though, for listeners, is that there's, mm-hmm. like, normal out-of-the-box routing, which I don't think has changed, actually. It's still mm-hmm. the same as what it you're It just, portraying. like, goes in a circle. Like, you could have, like, 10 people, and it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, right? Well, and you can set like up, they actually call them, rotates. like, basic routing rules now. So you can set up some type of rules using those out-of-the-box capabilities. Um, it just isn't okay. skill-based okay. necessarily. Or like capacity. That's, I think, a big key one too. Like if everyone need, like if you can only have so many cases or something like that. Exactly. And with the like capacity too, it's up to the business to determine what their capacity numbers are. So uh, out of the box, they give you on a scale of like up to 100. So I would say my capacity limit is 100. If I'm working on a phone call, maybe that's 100 right there. So if I take a phone call, I can only focus on that one thing. So it's using up all of my capacity. So each type of incoming communication can be given its own score. So they like chat versus Mm -hmm. voice versus social can be treated differently. Because you could do five chats at once, but you can only do one phone call. Exactly. So you could set up, yeah, your chats to be 25 units. I'm like... I'm amazed right now. Like, I'm so taken aback. Keep go- keep going. I want to hear more. Like, how much better has it gotten? So, Allie, you have <laughs> to use cues to do unified routing, right? Um, y- yes. So, unified routing is more of the advanced routing using advanced cues. So, you can still have your basic cues that are set up with the routing, with the basic routing rules, but then you have advanced cues. And actually, with Omnichannel, in order to, like, route specific records to you would use the unified routing as well um so you can set up unified routing to use those advanced queue like functionality well i think queues are dumb anyways so i hate queues i usually just end up routing like directly to a person or like fine it's in a queue but but i think like like, the from my minimum exposure i've had to it which was just they only had emails coming in and they mm-hmm. only used omnichannel just for the routing because they had call centers globally it was very complex the routing rules so they were just routing emails but they had just hundreds and hundreds of queues to like manage it and it was like you have to use the queues as part of the solution Uh yeah so basically like in short the advanced queues come with more settings and Okay, so there's a whole bunch of different items within Omnichannel that work together in this way too. So instead of just using queues, you have Workstream's channels and queues, and they're all kind of on top of each other. So I could set up um, like an inbound case Workstream that has its own set of rules tied to it, and you may have different queues for those cases as well. So I could say if I get an inbound case, it's going to bring it into this case Workstream. And then based off of the rules that I have set up in there, like say it came from um, a specific email address, then you could route that case into a very specific queue as well. So it kind of has like that funnel where it's like an intake of everything and then spits it out to those routing rules into different queues. 
so there's kind of like three levels of hierarchy that it goes through to figure out mm. how to get routed. Yeah, basically. So you have, you know, the channels are what we talked about already, where they can come in email, Facebook, chat, phone, whatever. And then you have the work streams that are set up to correspond with that. And then queues are going to be a layer below within that work stream. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. It's a lot of complexity, like way more than what I, well, obviously it's more than what I remember because I've never worked with the Omni channel. Well, it's but, more powerful too. Right. Yeah. You have to really think through a lot though. Like there's so much there that you have to like. And really starting to think about map it, it out too and trying to figure out, you know, where do I want my work items to go? What queues do they want to go into? How are you going to assign people to queues? Really, that's a big determining factor on how you want to set up your queues too is going to be based off of who's going to man them. So those are important decisions to make is do I want to have a hundred different queues to divide up the work items or do I really want to look at it and say this team is going to handle all these work items, therefore I just need one queue where I can send them all to. Um, so you can kind of, yeah, depends on your business, but you can make those decisions and then set up your queues in whatever way makes sense. Do you have any advice or tips for an organization that is thinking about deploying this or prepping for a deployment, like best practices of how to get started and approach it? That's a very good question. I, I think the best advice I can say is that there's tons of setup involved and you have to do things in the right order. Um, I think if you're going to go omni-channel, one of the first things to think about is how you, if you want voice included and what that would look like for your organization, um, porting over existing phone numbers from Teams, for example. I'll actually pause on that note because one thing that I've noticed a lot of people think is that Teams phone calls are omni-channel and they're not. So the omni-channel voice is actually a separate channel that's not related to Teams. So if your organization is currently on Teams for phone numbers um, and like you have a main business phone number coming in through Teams, you would actually switch that over and port that into Dynamics to use it in your omni-channel voice channel. So it is it is a different phone call capability. It's not the same thing. Are there any That's... plans do you know of to like merge that or change that? Um, not that I know of. Um, but again, it's more so call center focused, right? So the omni-channel app with that voice channel mm -hmm. coming in is meant to field inbound phone calls from customers. And it actually does have a much better experience than within Teams. So you're all working within one screen. It's a tabular experience, which basically means every time a phone call comes in, you are working within one browser window. And within your screen, you have a bunch of tabs that you can open across the top of your screen. So it really helps you to stay organized in that way. Whereas like with Teams, it opens up even this is one thing that drives me nuts about Teams in general is whenever you start a new chat, it opens up a new window and all of a sudden you have all these million windows all over the place. So I think that honestly, the way that the voice phone calls come into Omnichannel keeps your phone agents better organized than Teams would do. I have a lot of complaints about Teams. We should My do Teams doesn't open up new windows for chats. But do you do setting? <laughs> is that calls though? Because I don't take calls no, through not Teams calls. like that. Okay. Yeah. You don't take calls. Yeah. No, I mean. Through... But I do have a lot of complaints yeah. about you know? Teams. Teams could have some improvement. No, but I mean, when you pop out, like if you pop out a chat, how Skype used to put it all in like one thing, and Teams opens up every single oh, chat. In oh, like AOL Messenger. Yeah. yeah. Like that experience. Okay. No, I, I get you. Yeah. I guess I never pop out chats. 
I don't either. I lose track of things if I don't do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I no, use I the browser-based yeah. Teams more than anything, and I don't know if you can do it there. That doesn't have as many options in it, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So, Allie, it sounds like planning ahead of time and that there's some maybe critical upfront pieces like, are you going to move, do voice or not? I'm assuming that the whole organization doesn't have to move to the the omni-channel voice and you could keep like your non um like people that aren't agents on teams or do you have to switch everyone nope you in fact that's what a lot of businesses will do is keep uh, like your internal personal lines set up through teams if you want to um you can set up personal numbers through omni-channel if you want to um but the reason you wouldn't too is because the customer service licensing is its own beast and then you have the omni-channel licensing which is totally separate so for your organization you actually have to buy the customer service licensing and the digital messaging add-on licensing as well so because there's that additional licensing cost there you wouldn't just put a whole bunch of people that wouldn't be using that omni-channel functionality in omni-channel that makes sense so i don't want to put you on the spot but do you have any idea of how much more it costs it's yeah i believe it's double so i think your customer service licensing is about a hundred dollars per user per month and the omni-channel digital add-on is also a hundred dollars per user per month approximate and you have to have customer service to like yes because it is an add-on right like you can't just buy omni yeah okay that's crazy it's pricey it's pricey and if so you, you probably need to have a decent-sized call center or team to get ROI on that then, I would assume. Yeah, I can't speak to how expensive other call center programs are, but thinking back to, like, I used to work in a call center and we had Cisco, and I know that was not cheap programming to have either. So a lot of customer service platforms for phone calls like that are on the pricier side. So I'm not sure how they compare, but I just kind of remember anecdotally that they typically are expensive anyway. With being efficient is a big part of it, is you really have to look at what your business is doing and how much time you're spending interacting with customers and how more efficient you want them to be, right? Because with tools like Omnichannel, you can use Power Virtual Agents to pick up the phone calls first. You can use them for chats as well. So if your agents are signing in and having repetitive conversation with customers for the first five to 10 minutes of every single phone call or every single chat, then you can set up that automation to go along with it and really shave down the amount of time that your agents are interacting with customers. And I think that's a huge efficiency part of it too. So also something to keep in mind if you're wanting to switch to omni-channel. Well, since PBA came up, I mean, we have to talk about how cool it is that chat GPT is now part of PBA, right? <laughs> Carry over from last week. <laughs> Carry over from last week. That was really cool to see. I actually saw that in a demo earlier this week, which would be yesterday because today's only Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but it was it was really cool to see. It's clearly already been a long week. <laughs> I know, exactly. Do you want to tell us a little about it? Honestly, Ellie? I don't know too much about it. I did see that it's a setting that you can turn on and the application where it comes into play with Omnichannel specifically is for searching for knowledge base articles. So we haven't really touched on that yet, but because Omnichannel is related to customer service, you still have knowledge articles that can be integrated as well. So if you create a new case and you type in some keywords in the case title, it'll show you potentially matching knowledge articles on the side of your screen so the agents can get help immediately to help the customers. Um, And likewise, if those knowledge articles are published externally, 
you can set that up for like your PVA, where if someone starts asking, how do I do this? You can use that chat GPT functionality to like go peruse your knowledge base articles and send some information back to the customer. That is so cool. That's what I was wondering if it was going to work externally. Like that was my burning question. So what else do you guys want to know um, about Omnichannel? I, like I said, um, it's a whole lot of configuration, a whole lot of setup steps. You can get very granular. Um, it, it's really, I don't want to say it's complex, like super complex to implement because there's a whole lot of detail involved, but if you go through some of the steps to set it up that Microsoft has available to you, they do help you out along the way. Um, once you get in there and you know what you're doing and you understand, it's pretty intuitive too. So I don't think it's anything to be afraid of is I guess what I'm getting at with that comment. Um, and it has everything from like hold music available to you that you can pick from. You can import your own hold music and hold messages for phones if you want to. Um, we've already talked a little bit about using um, chat bots to help with conversations, but you can still use that customer service functionality of agent scripting and those types of things to help your agents have conversations with clients as well. It sounds like the scariest part is like the BA part, like doing the like requirements gathering and like the design of like, like you said, like clearly it takes a lot of time to like strategize how it would be used and things like that. And like how granular you want to get. That's the part that would be scary. Like actually Especially going in and configure new. and setting it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Allie, you probably, you're like, I have all this tribal knowledge in my head now because you've gone through this implementation. But if you're, it's your first time doing it, it's like, okay, I need to plan but what do I plan for? And like, what do I even ask? Because you don't know where kind of the gotchas, where they are, what, you know, is even important. Is there, do you have any other advice or like, are there resources? I know you said there's very little documentation. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if I had to give some more advice on it too, I would really say concentrate on what you want the future state of your call center to be. And because you can really make that come to life with the omni-channel application is it's not so much this is how we're interacting with our customers now, but this is how I want to interact with them. And just know that you have a lot of flexibility in even what you can display for your agents, because really what's behind omni-channel is efficiency for your agents. So when I'm talking about having options to customize, like you can truly customize even what screens automatically open whenever you get a new phone call. And those screens that automatically open can be different than if you're getting a web chat and they can be different than if you're responding to a case. So you can literally customize that whole experience for your agent and, and then what you want those screens to look like. And do those tabs have to be like within dynamics only or can they include external tabs like if you had an ERP system that you had to like get access to or something um you absolutely can show external tabs which is really cool so it's um you can set those up to display like your own website if you wanted to if you have reference materials on your website that you want your agents to be able to see quickly you can set those up to display um ERP system pages you can set those up you can really make it easy for your technicians to find what they need but it has to be like cloud-based, browser-based. Like if you had a homegrown ERP system that's like a desktop application, 
that wouldn't that's where you would have to use like something like USD, right? That's a good question. I actually don't know the answer to that. I haven't encountered trying to um, add it to any desktop applications. Is USD even around anymore, actually? It is. It is still around. Okay. But it's like, hey, it's like I would compare it to GP. Like, hey, this is still here and it runs and it's cool. But if you can... Let's get you over onto this newer, cooler thing, which I'm guessing is Omni Channel. I was going to say, I just figured Omni Channel was the replacement for USD. Yeah, but but in I think in that exact scenario is where USD still comes in because if the companies are on, because I remember we evaluated USD at a company that I was at, and this was eight years ago, 2015, because we had a legacy ERP system that was a desk. I mean, it was not available in the browser in the cloud. It sat on servers on site. It was crazy. It's, terrible system but like nothing no other customer service application would work with it and but usd would so Mm -hmm. but i think that that's why usd is like kind of hanging on okay that makes sense i kind of just didn't there was well there (laughs) was a session on usd last year at summit and like how you can still use it and but like it was a kind of like how microsoft did gp really terribly at summit of like Hey, cool that you're on GP, but here's all the partners that can move you to Business Central. And really, yeah, I think that's, yeah. and, and I guess for our listeners, USD is Unified Service Desk, right? So thank you. You're welcome. Yep. And I would say if you're currently on that, to definitely look at Omni Channel, because that is the future application for sure. And I know there's been a lot of interest recently from companies who are still running USD to make the switch over to Omni Channel because. You know, there's a point where your functionality just isn't going to be there anymore. Things aren't being supported. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, what we run into every day, you guys, with the Maker Portal versus the Classic UI. And the Classic is just getting slower and slower every single day. <laughs> Who uses the Classic UI? <laughs> You'd be shocked. No, I, know I know a lot of, well, I would say I've a lot of like. I've people haven't switched over yet, mm-hmm. which shocks me because yeah. it is so bad. <laughs> I know a lot of people where you're like, okay, open up like the back end or whatever. And they open up the legacy and I'm like, no, like the maker portal. And they're like, oh, I just haven't gotten there yet. And I'm like, it's only been out should... for five years. I was like, but you really should get there soon. Like, yeah, this is even... going to go away. Like security is even moving to the new UI in this yeah. next Oh wave. my gosh. So oh, like, they're getting, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not, I don't know if it's available for public preview yet. I, f- I forget when the GA is on that. I'll definitely put that in the notes on our website. When you say but moving like, to the new UI, like you've the, always been able to access it from there. Right. But no, but like even this, the little circles. like They're the giving little, that a facelift. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like based on the release plan. That's exciting. I, I just read through the release plan in the last week. So <laughs> for clients, so that's how I know. So like, Everything is starting to move mm-hmm. out yeah. of the classic. Like, I always tell people, I'm like, okay, cool. Today you can, but tomorrow you might not be able to. And there are still some arguments so of stuff moving, that you can't okay. do in classic. But I swear every day when I go in there, I find something new that wasn't there before. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the best yeah. way to learn and see if it's in there is to just continue going into the maker portal. It'll be yeah. all switched over before we know it. Absolutely. Um, I'll also say, so oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Liz. Okay. No, I was just going to ask, like, if a client, a customer that's listening is move thinks it's that they want to move from USD to Omnichannel, it's, like, a completely new implementation, though. Like, there's no sort of migration Correct. from one to the other. Yep. Okay. 
I figured that. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> yes, um, it would be a brand new implementation. Totally worth it, I would say. Plug right there. Um, and just to loop back for a second on the security, yeah. there is the new user management um, available in the customer service admin center. And I love it. It's not the security rules yet, but there are pieces that make it really, really easy. Like you can select 10 users and add them five queues at once. So you don't have to go through to every single person anymore and say, okay, add this person to this queue. That's um, nice. You can add skills to them in awesome. bulk. You can add capacity profiles and all these other things to enable inbound upbound calling to them in bulk. Um, so using that, I have just been super excited for the new security because it's so much more efficient than it's been in the past. So Ali, I know you had mentioned like frustrations with it. I feel like we haven't had a vent sesh yet. Anything you want to <laughs> say that, you know, has frustrated you with your time working with it? Um, I would say that once you think that you have uncovered all of the settings, new items pop up. <laughs> so it is, again, just kind of like nice. preparing and knowing and what's out there. And you can't really do that unless you've been through it before. Um, fortunately I've had some clients ask very, very good questions where I've had to do deep dives into it and really uncover a lot of functionality. Um, and I think that once you've done it a few times, you'll be able to implement it nice and smoothly, but it's just, it, it can be very particular in the order that you do things. Um, like for example, I was talking about if you do a pick versus push work stream to get items either sent out to your agents. You can't change that after you create the work stream. And the work stream is one of the- I was wondering that. Yeah, and like the work stream <laughs> is one of the first things you create because then you do the routing rules on top of that, right? So if you go through all of that and then it's you're told, okay, no, we want to switch this to a pick, it's locked and you can't switch it. So you have to recreate- So you have to like go back and start yes. over. Yes, you do. Wow. So the marketing <laughs> app was like that too when it first came out. Like there were like settings that you had to do in a specific order and Microsoft didn't tell you what those were. They now have like a user setup guide where it literally walks you through like, okay, run this app. It'll pre-configure these things that we already knew how to be done and then go do this. And it like literally gives you like setting up and things like that of the marketing app is a lot easier than it was four years ago when I did it. I wonder is the omni-channel kind of like that does microsoft have documentation of like watch out for this like the one that you just said or like do things in this order or is it just kind of like you have to try it and figure it out and then you know there might be documentation out there that lists out those types of things i have not seen it and i would also okay. preface that with there's a ton of documentation out there on microsoft learn i haven't seen it all combined in that way I guess so if you're looking for something specific you might be able to find that but I haven't seen anything of like a whole here's the order in which you have to implement things are there is there anything else where like it's not changeable once you make that decision that people should know about uh, nothing that really comes to mind that one is one that was a standout um, that got me early on but maybe I should have taken I notes that'd be really painful and like a big time suck if or even if you just don't know and you make the wrong like you just it's like oh we you changed start our over. minds you'll start over yeah or we didn't know like yeah we thought it would be this and yeah that's interesting it sounds like it's a type of project where I'm just gonna throw this out there that you probably want to work with a partner or consultant 
on? Like, it does not seem like a, something that you'd want to tackle with a, a lean internal team. I, yeah. You know what's funny, Liz, is I thought you were going to say waterfall. <laughs> like, well, let's gather all our requirements. I it mean, kind of, it, yeah, it, that it kind too. of does, unfortunately. Seem, yeah. But I agree 100% on the partner thing. I guess I hadn't even considered that you would do it without a partner. We actually got a request recently asking if uh, if it was worth getting help or if a customer could just go through and set it up on their own. And when I was asked, I was like, we need to help them um, just because you could waste a lot of time and internal resources trying to get it set up instead of grabbing somebody who's been through it before, who can help you, who can ask you the right questions, who can help you make the right decisions. So you know, my biased and unbiased opinion would also be to go with a partner to get your help, to get some help. But I could see going down rabbit holes like crazy and totally getting lost along the way if you didn't have help, for sure. I feel like you could also get things into such a knot that you couldn't undo it. Like you'd have to completely start over. Like it sounds like something that you can easily mess up. Even to the point where it's unsafe. Yeah, and honestly, even naming conventions are important too because things like cues show up in tons of different views. I guess that's one thing I haven't talked about is Omnichannel actually comes with some pretty sweet out-of-the-box dashboards that I really like that give summaries to you mm -hmm. on like what cues people are a part of or how many calls have come into each of your cues. Um, it shows you what your current agent status is and even allows supervisors to go in and modify those statuses so you can really like manage your teams too. And these are all in Power BI dashboards that just come with it. And so it's, it's, that's very, very cool too. But again, you want your cues and channels to show up in those reports correctly. So you're not just seeing weird terms all over the place. So even things as granular as like how you name your cues are going to be really important. It's important to be organized there too. And granted, you can go in and you can change the names of cues. Those aren't locked down. But I would say, you know, you want to get them right from the beginning so you don't have to redo it. It's good to know that they're highly visible. So you want the names to be, to make mm -hmm. sense. Right. Chan channels too. That's a good tip. Yeah. Um. Also, the other thing, I'm getting really excited any about last, you guys. So I was one more say, thing. any last thoughts, Allie? <laughs> the other <laughs> thing that I love. We're running out of time. <laughs> Sorry, it's so exciting. This is a good one. Um, the other thing that comes along with it for supervisors is your supervisors can actually monitor ongoing conversations. So like if your agent is doing a web chat or on the phone with somebody, a supervisor can choose to join that conversation. Um, and there's this dashboard again that comes out of the box with Omnichannel that shows customer sentiment by conversation. So if a supervisor is looking at that and they okay. see that a sentiment is going like to slightly negative or negative, they can select that conversation, choose to monitor it. They can watch the live transcription of the live phone call. They can listen in on the live phone call and they can even join to help out if they feel like it's necessary. Um, and then same for web chat. They Does can read the everything. Does the agent know that yes. they're watching? Them? They do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they get a pop-up as well. Okay. It's kind of like a side-by-side -side and it'll show like the agent can see their screen and then it'll show like the supervisor next to them. So if the supervisor wants to give help without joining the phone call, for example, they can send messages like chat messages right within that omnichannel screen. So the tech sees it side-by-side -side with their ongoing conversation and they can say like, no, 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 you want to direct them here, here, help them with this. Um, so it has like some really cool supervisor cool. activity too. 
Can they get That's alerts? Sweet. Like if there's a negative sentiment or is it just if they're monitoring? So out of the box, yeah. there's not alerts that go out, but we could totally set that up too. So all of that's recorded. You could set up um, alerts with a little extra work. I'm thinking probably Power Automate or something like that, but there's mm-hmm. got to be a way. Oh, it's a cool tool for like training and coaching or if you have more junior resources, like having that functionality would be, I don't know, it feels like a game changer for like yeah, absolutely. the team. Yeah. Rather than like walking around cubicles, like monitoring people's conversations. Well, and I'm... everyone's probably working virtually these exactly. days too. So you can't just overhear like, oh, this call's going bad. Let me like mm-hmm. help them. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, that's the, when I worked with customer service teams, they were in person, right? All in a cubicle, on a floor, but like, that's just not the way people work anymore. So it's nice to see that technology has caught up to a way to make it still like functional and easy for managers to get involved. Well, and honestly, even live, because I remember when I worked in a call center right out of college, they would quality control our phone calls. And it would be like a week after the call occurred because they would listen to the recording. They'd give you some feedback. It's like, I don't remember what this conversation was about. And you're like, I'm talking to a hundred people yeah. a day. Or and so now yeah. for them to see it live and it can be based off of that sentiment too of like, oh my gosh, I think they need my help. Mm-hmm. Then your call center people are going to feel more supported too, instead of feeling like I'm suffering through this phone call and my boss isn't available. Um, you can... Oh, you guys, I could talk about this forever because I'm thinking of all this other stuff. Like, Well, we could always do a follow-up, right? Like, we don't have to talk about everything today. Are we deciding we're going to do a second episode on this topic, though? I think we have to. I mean, at some point, right? Not, like, right away, but... Sure. Yeah. There's there's just yeah. so many Sorry, features. Sorry, Allie, not to like cut you no, off. No, it's but... good. I think we can leave people wanting more. <laughs> we got to leave the people wanting more. <laughs> I had just one other thing. I know Wave 1, like, releases coming up. Is there anything exciting that's new that's coming out with Omnichannel? I haven't looked at that either. That'll be another coming soon for next okay. time. Sounds good. <laughs> Chat GPT is probably the most exciting thing, right? And that's not even directly that's Omnichannel. It's just available in PVAs. Well, thanks, Allie, for sharing your expertise on this one. You're welcome. Yeah, I learned a if lot. If anyone has other questions, <laughs> send them our way, and we'll see what we can do to help out. Thanks for tuning in to Dynamics Hot Dish, your go-to podcast for all things Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media for even more insights and updates on the latest trends and best practices in business applications and low-code development. We'll be back soon with another delicious serving of Dynamics and Power Platform goodness. Until then, keep innovating and building great solutions.